Hi everyone, welcome to episode 27 of an interview podcast with On The Ball Team Building. If this is your first time listening to an interview podcast, we'd really appreciate if you go back to episode 1 and have a listen. Please do rate, review, tell your friends, family, whoever may know about the podcast. It'll mean a huge amount to us. Um, we'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsors up there in Mayo, GRG Sports, who have been a great support over the last couple of months. And we'll be actually running a competition um, in conjunction with GRG Sports and with a local business here on the Dinga Peninsula. More details will follow over the next couple of weeks, but we hope to run this competition probably within the next two weeks. Um, but I'll... Uh, I'll have more information on the social media platforms in the coming days. It's now time to bring on this week's guest, and I'm delighted and excited to be joined by former Wexford captain Dermot Gizzy-Ling. The St. Martin's man was a formidable force for the Wexford team of the Naughties, who had memorial battles against Kilkenny, who had the likes of Henry Shefflin, Tommy Welsh, Jackie Terrell, to name but a few, and Cork, who had the likes of Sean Oak, Don Logan, the O'Connor brothers, your dear Mid O'Sullivan in the mix as well. Um, and unfortunately, at the height of his powers, Dermot was forced to walk away from hurling, a sport and a thing that he absolutely loved to do. What followed was a separation from all he knew so well. He packed up and travelled the world in search for physical and mental recovery. Ling relocated to West Kerry, a place which has been close to his heart from a young age. Having spent summer evenings on Cominyol Beach, it is the Dingle Peninsula that he finally found release. Hi Dermot, welcome to the interview podcast. How are things back around Keontra? Yeah, it's uh, it's wild and it's windy and it's wet as it has been for about a week. There's been very little let up. I went into Tralee today and I saw a blue sky for the first time in a few days and I was thrilled with myself. Uh, so it's challenging at this time of the year, but it's it, you know you know the beauty is waiting for you anyway. Good, good, good. And how has the past number of months been for you? Um, we kind of spoke briefly off air that it's you know you're you're in kind of on the same boat as everyone else has been testing, not getting that human interaction. Yeah, there's two sides to it, I suppose. Personally, like here in my in my home and uh, and being at home and uh, harvesting and growing and doing all of the stuff, foraging and doing all the things that we do, it's been an absolute blessing. It's I mean, West Kerry, in a way, I don't feel like COVID has even touched it. You know, um, it's been, it's, it's much more, it feels much more relaxed than I'd say it is in, in, in many other parts of the country. So I'm very grateful to be here and to be living here uh, in, in this time. At the same time, I do notice over the last couple of weeks because I suppose my work a lot of the time depends on people calling uh, whether that's a good thing or not, I suppose maybe I should be after setting setting myself up uh, in a way that I'm creating more work myself. But as it's been, people call and work comes in around the time that I generally need it. And I've kind of put to bed in a way that the tension and anxiety of not knowing where the next few euro is coming from. Um, but there's something from the work because I guess a lot of the work that I do is in groups um, and that work isn't there anymore. There's still TV and radio stuff going on, but the, the, the phone just isn't ringing. And I don't know if that's because I've been found out and people don't want me 
for work or if that's because of COVID and everything that's happening. And so I'm not getting a chance to be in front of groups. And, and when I do the likes of with on, with the team building um, with On The Ball, like I'm in front of a group of 20 men in general and I get to speak to young fellas who've gone through who, who did this, this a similar journey that I've gone through. Uh, and I have... Um, it's hard to, I've garnered enough, I suppose, insights just into, into what that journey is like to be able to offer something back to them of value. And I see by the response in their eyes, by the hunger that's in them to, to want to interact more, to, for, to ask questions, the follow-up feedback and stuff that I get from them. You get the sense that the work you're doing with them is good work. Uh, and I f- that makes me feel like, okay, the choices that I've made in my life to lead me to that point of getting to work with them are good choices and you can kind of be settled and balanced in the world. When you take that away, um, obviously like self-satisfaction and happiness and these things are generally an inside job and they're just things you have to have yourself but your contribution to the world is an important thing and when you feel you're not contributing uh that gets that begins to move in on you a little bit i have found it has begun to move in on me a little bit uh, and has forced me to ask some some questions about how i do what i do so I've just tried to, yeah, yeah, allow those questions to ask themselves inside of me and uh, and see where it takes me. I suppose everyone, you know, would be in that situation now. You know, they've been forced to really address, you know, questions in their life. Um, I suppose the lifestyle you've been living the last couple of years allowed you to probably ask them over the last couple of years, but. I'd imagine it's definitely a big shock for those people who are, mm. you know, who has to deal with it now straight away. What what insight could you give to, you know, that might allow people to, to be okay with that feeling or to deal with it? Because it can be probably a shock to them as well. Yeah, Jeannie, for sure. I mean, there's different aspects to it. Like financially is one. There are certain things I think that underpin all of them, but just to to break them down, to be able to um, give an example as to as to what that is, with something like financially, so you're there is on there's there has to be huge uncertainty for huge for for vast swathes of people now as to what's going to happen in their in the medium to short term future. What I have found in that is when it's when I started off on that when I left teaching and left the certainty of of salaries and things like that, uh, a huge tension came up, a huge fear and anxiety came up inside of me about where that where where the next uh, few euro would come from, and I really just had to feel it, uh, feel it like feel it fully and not put it away and not drink it away or smoke it away or do anything else that would not be busy away not eat it away you know not not to fill those moments of anxiety with um with the uh, i suppose socially acceptable um addictions in a way that we often use to so we don't feel uh, some of these things so what i found was that um the more that I was concerned and anxious and uncertain about it, the more it seemed that I was blocking anything coming in, work coming in. Now, that's a loose, airy-fairy type idea for, for, for some people, I understand. But the more I came into 
flow with that, the more I can be just accepted that, okay, it is uncertain and I can't do anything about, or I can do something about it if I want to, but this is the way I, I want to get to know what this is. Uh, the more I relaxed into it, the more I found that there was just a flow in me and people responded to that flow by, by saying, okay, whatever that is, whatever that, you know, whatever you've, whatever you've learned there or whatever that we want it. We, we want it basically. We want whatever that is. Um, so to feel it was definitely the first thing. Um, the second thing is I suppose spending time, which a lot of people have had to do on your own or with your loved ones, with people who you kind of maybe dance around an awful lot of the time in the machinations of daily life in, in just how we live. Uh, that's a, that's, that's, that's the bigger, <laughs> that's a, that's a bigger one to deal with and you learn I think it's one of the old spiritual maxims of if you think you're enlightened go spend a week with your family um, and, and and that's to, to be able to sit on your own or to be able to be in the arguments and letdowns and put downs and all of the things that happen in, in family life uh, yeah it's it's really just the same thing it's just being in it uh, and feeling it and I don't do that at times as well like I, I totally not really mess up on that at times and it causes it causes great struggle for me um but there I've I definitely have had a three or four year period where I've been in that battle more often uh, and chose to to be at home more and to grow more and to be taking my boy out uh, around the, the peninsula around the country wherever I can wherever I can bring him to spend more time um at at, the, at this period of his life so yeah um and also yeah to let to let up like to let to let the reins go a little bit like you have your ideas about what failure and what success is and you have your ideas about what you have to do and what you don't have to do and to just kind of if you can to take a, a small step back from them into something that can observe them like into a part of it that can say okay I, I feel myself feeling the tension of not being good enough or not having enough or not working this month or whatever it is but you can kind of observe it from a bit of a distance and as soon as you create a little bit of a gap in your ability to observe what you're going through that feeling doesn't own you anymore and then once you, that feeling doesn't own you because those these like if you have a feeling of of not being good enough, for example, that permeates through every part of you. That permeates through every cell in your body. That permeates through your your muscles, your organs. Like that makes you a weaker person. Uh, I'm, I I think scientifically and spiritually, that's 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 par for the course at this stage. Um, so the ability to step step back and observe is what is what people are chasing with meditation and mindfulness and all of these things. It's that they. They're not their anger. They're not their hatred. They're not their failure. They're not those things. They can observe them. And once you observe them from that point, then you're, yeah, there's just a little bit more spaciousness. And then when the government locks the country down and they say you're going to be in spaciousness for a while, you're just not as afraid of it. You know? And what brought you to West Kerry? Um, you know, because I remember when I when I found out that you were uh, situated back here, I was wondering what what brought a Wexford fella down here. Um, there's very few there's very few places. I don't know. Can you hear the little man there? He's having a bit of a conniption downstairs. <laughs> He's um, <all> right. <laughs> um, 
the joys of it. Uh, I suppose it was, there's, there are very few places, I think, left in Ireland where you can, where there's a bit of space, uh, a bit of wildness, a bit of openness, uh, a slower pace of life where you can just be, uh, be in your, just be with yourself and not be doing harm to anybody and not be annoying anybody or not feel like that you're not that you're letting people down and all of that kind of stuff. And at the time, I was just, yeah, I was just struggling an awful lot in, uh, in in many different, like, I mean, once you're struggling at a certain point, it's that permeates through everything because you feel disconnected to, to everything. Uh, and once I came down here, I felt that was the, the, the necessary disconnect and I got to spend time in just with myself and out in in the wild a little bit and I and, and I was craving that. Um the language and the culture brought me down here as well. I've I've definitely always wanted to I've, I've I had a kind of a school level of Irish that was very weak and then I thought in Gael School and it improved a certain amount. But I knew there was a, a broader expanse and I knew there was a richness that could open parts of my mind to see the world in a different way that were accessible down here that wouldn't have been maybe in as many other places. Um, so that was a big draw. Um, and we had just come here from the time I was a young boy as well. So I'd spent a lot, I spent a lot of time in a lot of summers down here and, and had a lot of uh, very memorable moments as a child on Kuminol Beach and places like that. So maybe I was chasing a little bit of the nostalgia as well. Brilliant, brilliant. And where did the name Gizzy come from? Found it, found it very interesting. Uh, yeah, Gizzy is a corruption of Gizmo, the, the gremlin. And I watched that when I was three or four and my father just my father was a, a devil for giving nicknames and that was one that he that was one that he dished out and it stuck and I was doing well and from a young age like I was enjoying I enjoyed hurling an awful lot and I was very, very into it. And <clears throat> I guess in, in teams as as you know yourself, like nicknames stick, you know. Yeah, true, true. And was G all and sport in general always, you know, very front of front of stage in your life? Was it very, very important in your life or, or was it just something you kind of fell into by accident? No, no, certainly no accident. It was very much by design. Um I I I it's hard to know. It's just the like you're opening up the nature nurture debate at that that point. I mean there's definitely I know if we'd we'd good genes for sport from me me my father's side were big handballers and anybody who's played handball or played hurling in a handball alley knows that the knowledge of the angles and the movement of your body in relation to a ball moving from different parts of a court and the timing involved and the flow, the lovely flow that's involved in that, uh, that was always going to be beneficial. Like you, You'd only have to look at DJ Carey's hand passing to know the benefits of 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 handball in in the game, um, and then on my, my mother's side, they were they were a big hurling family in Kilkenny, so that was uh, <laughs> that was a, a good a good uh, they were a good influence as well for sure. So I the I think is it maybe kinesthetic uh, intelligence? Like definitely my 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 intelligence was a bodily intelligence from from a young age, and so. It was the most natural thing in the world to play soccer and football and hurling and tennis and badminton and everything that we could get our hands on. Bar rugby, which I think I was a bit afraid of, uh, and uh, athletics and running because I couldn't settle my mind enough to be happy running along. I'd have to be baiting the ball or doing something. Um, 
So, yeah, but it's four boys. I mean, geez, Jamie, four boys, four rough and tumble young fellas. Like, it was always going to be. I, I can remember we, we had a big kitchen or a big, uh, a long sitting room. We lived in an estate in Wexford Town, and it was this big long sitting room that we had. And my mother's finest dining table was up the top of the sitting room, which we kind of was, it was almost, it would, it would have, would have almost been the posh room had the house been any bigger, but it was up there and it was a little bit ornamental. And then down at the other end, we was the sitting room where the television was and where we, 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 we spent a lot of our time, but I remember just couldn't wait to get home from school. Uh, I'd go up and get the blankets from upstairs, hang them down over the back of the table, clear off the crystal and the chairs and everything else and put them in the corner and hang blankets off and that was the goal and then we'd clear out all the furniture in front and we'd have football matches with little small soft hurling balls or whatever we could find and I that sheeny like every day like every day when we were young fellas so it was always and then that went on outside and I, I, someone was saying to me recently they were about uh, Lego you know about how the benefits of Lego for a youngster because they're building stuff and they're getting to know you know the, the process of building I was like yeah I geez I had Lego when I was young fellow as well loved it uh, and they were like oh what did you, did you do anything with it or build anything or whatever I was like yeah yeah I used to I used to set out 15 uh, lads out and I'd make a big pitch with one, just one piece of Lego the whole way around and then 15 pieces of Lego and then the other colour, like a yellow and a red or whatever and 15 of them and I'd set out the pitch, make a couple of goals, hang nets off the goals and play matches and that was how, that was what I did with Lego and I, it never occurred to me that it was abnormal until your mum was saying, well, that's not what you do with Lego. <laughs> That's not what you do with Lego. So it was, yeah, it was always, it was always, it was just always there. Yeah, it was always first. And how did you end up playing with um, St. Martin's? You you moved out from Wexford Town at, at a certain age, did you? Yeah, at about 14, we lived in we lived in town up until about 93 or 4 and my, my father was in construction and my mother were in, was in the bank and still is in the bank and so they were obviously about to go off on a, a, a glory period nationally, both those two industries. So I guess they, 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 for the first time, got a bit of got a bit of cash together, having raised or, or in the process of raising four young fellas and uh, I was maybe 14 at the time moved out maybe 94, 95 and then I mean Wexford won the other in 96 and we moved out to the club with Rory McCarthy and Jano and George O'Connor and it was, it was unbelievable like so we moved out there definitely I mean yeah seeking a seeking a better life like seeking space and all of that stuff um, but it was an invaluable time to grow up in the town like because the town has its own lessons and they're every bit as valuable as any lesson you learn in the country you know brilliant and just um, looking at interviews uh, and just you know hearing people talk about you when you're growing up um, it seems that you're always destined to, you know, to talk out for the, the county team. Do you feel some bit of stress or, yeah, some pressure on you during that time, looking back now? No, 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 no. No, it was always, uh, I mean, it didn't really, I, I remember being surprised at one stage when somebody said to me, Jeez, you might play for Wexford because I was thinking, what does he mean? Like, is he not? Has he not gotten the memo on this? Like, I, 
of course I'm going to play it. Like it, it, it I, like maybe looking back, I think maybe I should have allowed it to be a doubt. You know, like I, I wasn't self-aware, of course, at 15 or 12 or, or 8, to consider that I wouldn't. Um, but it just, whatever was infused in us from, from a young age, and uh, I suppose I could feel at some subconscious level my own capabilities as well. Like I knew that I had a certain set of talents and, and, and gifts and capabilities that lent themselves. And I also have a little bit of that, uh, yeah, kind of... Um, neurotic addictiveness to things that I want to do well at like that I'll I'll, I'll commit way over and above what maybe is healthy or what is natural like you you kind of that opened up the the GA provided a space for me to pour everything of myself into it and that's what I did Um, and so just yeah it was it was always what surprised me more I suppose was that my eldest brother and my youngest brother didn't play for Wexford as well because I just always thought that was the deal like the four of us myself and Kieran and, and Davy Meal the four of us would play um now they went their own way and I and, and great decisions they both made but that was just my understanding of it from a young age you know you you touched on the point there that you um committed to it fully and you know allowed you to commit to it fully to you know to say play with the county team what extra work um would you be doing because you were definitely extremely motivated and dedicated you should be going for runs in the morning or or extra uh skill work yeah i never went for runs in the morning to be honest uh i don't think at any stage i can remember running out to, to drive by one morning at seven o'clock i've went to the gym early mornings maybe a few times all right but she said no interest getting up at six and i couldn't i was always in great admiration of swimmers and Athletes who were up at five, like this is an, it was just a total and utter anomaly to me, to be honest. But at the same time, I can remember uh, lying on the ground in a handball alley in Wexford, uh, in down in Kilmacree. I used to go down to this handball alley. Uh, the handball alley was always really close to me um, as I when I played because I just was so beneficial. But I, I learned one day I'd, we'd done a training session with George O'Connor, and he was talking about how you could. Uh, he wanted to have the tackle bag person at the point of, of, of a hand pass so that you would have to give the hand pass to a fella on the run and then take the hit. And by George's measure of somebody, uh, if you were more focused on the hit, you weren't going to give as good a hand pass. And it was a beautiful drill. It was, he was perfectly right, you know. So I, I remember thinking, I gave a couple of passes and they weren't great. And I was thinking about the tackle a bit more. So I felt that was a kind of a, a weakness, uh, a fear, a fearful kind of behavior and a, a, something I wanted to bury as quickly as I could. So I went down to the handball alley in Kilmacree and I, I worked out that if I pucked the ball off the wall in the middle from one side, it'd be landing at, on the other side at the same time and I could catch the ball and then hit the wall. I'd, I'd try and find that and shoulder the wall, you know, and, and have it measured. But I got a little bit too into it and and uh and went to catch one ball and sure it was it was just it was it was me in the wall like first and then and then the ball was uh bounced around the ground somewhere and I thought I was after putting my shoulder out and and I realized that maybe this is a little bit much. Uh so the extra the extra yards, like there was moments of of madness, and then there was the stuff that every I think top player does uh, 
they just work. They just work hard. Like they work hard at their game. You know, they all do. Like they all work very, very hard at their game. And that's not. There's nothing extra in it. That's just what it requires. Like you know, when the the runs and the the beach sessions or whatever your whatever whatever the the extra miles that people go to. Um, they're they are plenty and they're varied. But the one thing in common is they all go to them because. Yeah, you're you're in the business of mastering something, and to master something, it takes a huge amount of of your time uh, and a huge amount of work, and it's pleasurable. It's so pleasurable when you're in it, you know. Looking back on your your career now, um, you know when you're with Wexford, how would you break it down? Was it an enjoyable time? I know it was testing, and we'll we'll get to that point in a few minutes, but. Overall, did you enjoy it, and um, I suppose the friends you you've made out of it? There's a couple. Of, there's a few. <clears throat> there's a few different aspects to that. I remember being at um, at Tom Dempsey's funeral, Tom Dempsey's father's funeral, uh, and I was maybe nineteen or I mean, oh, I was a little bit old, maybe twenty one. I was just breaking onto the Wexford Wexford panel. I'd been in at a few training sessions. I knew now I, I was in with Adrian Fenlon and Dara Ryan and David Henry and fellas who I idolised, Rory McCarthy, you know. And I could see them all there. And of course I picked them out before anybody else. Um and I could see them all. And I and I found as the there was a huge crowd there and the natural movement was in towards where the the grave was, you know, that's what people were going to, to to give their sympathies. And I could just feel or see this, like, other fellas weren't going that direction. And it was over time, it happened, it all happened very, very slow, but I don't know what was going on with me that I was observing it, but I was observing it anyway. And after maybe 25 minutes, I'd say, there was a, just a circle of the Wexford 96 team just around in a circle, chatting to each other in different little twos and threes, but they had, they'd almost just gravitationally ended up beside each other. There was no, there was no, there was no design, like Griffin wasn't over there calling them over, like they just, they just ended up there and I think that there's a magnetism in, in going to the depths of yourself in the way that they did that is lifelong uh, and I'd say they'd all be happy enough with that as well and I crave that and crave to the point where I probably blocked it uh, from ever coming in um, because I didn't I don't it's probably um, yeah I don't feel like friendships I mean when I go back up to Pierce's town uh, to my my club and if I need something or want something or if there's anything that's short, there's a hundred people at any time of the day or night who would be just on, they'd be just right there with you. They'd be right beside you providing what it is you need. And that kind of, that, and that doesn't, you don't have to need or you don't have to be short to find that out. You just know it, you know, you just know it about them. And so I, 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 I can feel a huge amount of that uh, in, in in from 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 the GA much more from club level, not even just my own club, but just club level. Inter county, I, I found it very joyful to get to know the the likes of the Kenny fellas um, because it just I was very, I was just always very curious about them because they were just so brilliant, and I wondered why they were so brilliant, uh, and then to find out that they were brilliant because they were so normal. 
uh, and so humble was a great thing. And I was always impressed by the Cork lads that did that oh four oh five time. You know, Sean Og like to because of the Gaelic I got I became friendly with Sean Og. Actually, he was down with today. He was down with on the ball. He came down to the house afterwards and we had a couple of hours uh, chat. He came down for five minutes instead for two hours. It was lovely. I I just I don't know like. There's something of a kind of a of a of a fanboy in me as well of 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 those fellas. Even though I played against them, I just thought that they were. I just yeah, I just I, I just think they're great. You know, I think they're. I don't know why it is, but I think they're great. So there's a phenomenal amount of connections. Um, but probably because Wexford went through a tough time, I think it was excessive uh, and didn't enjoy and didn't allow myself to create and uh, uh, or allow the connections to develop with the fellas who I played with because I was just too focused on what needed to be done to win uh, at the cost of maybe connection. Um, and in hindsight, because we won nothing, because when I started in 2004, we were up at a very high level. All Ernst me final was, uh, was I made my debut against Cork in the Ernst me final. I thought that this is the way it's going to be. And from there, it was just a slide. Uh, and so in hindsight, I definitely would like to have maybe eased up at that point in some way to be able to enjoy the, the experience a little bit more. Um, but I wasn't able. I was, on a, I was on a mission and I couldn't pull myself back from it. As as time went down, we say when you're in with the the senior stuff and when you're when you really establish yourself over the years, um, do you find pressure getting you before games? Um, I don't. Yeah, it, it's hard to know in in the earlier in the earlier times, like. <clears throat> I remember at 27 or 28, like doing the gym work and stuff like that and thinking I had to get bigger and I had to get stronger. And I was already way bigger and stronger than I was in 2005, like when I started. Uh, and I'd be thinking like at that age, at 28, if I was thinking, geez, if I was that size now, you know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be destroyed. Like, but I played my, I think I played my best hurling at that, at that age and at that size and at that level of innocence, like where I was just going out and, given it everything that I had like you know you kind of get to know more and you get to experience more and then you become a little bit more and then all of a sudden you have to try and hold on to that and the, the holding on to that creates a bit of a tension um creates a huge tension actually it blocks a lot of the floor required to play well um and yeah, and then that that eventually, if you don't deal with that and process it and 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 rein it in, it it's going to be the thing that brings you down. And it's I've no doubt it's certainly the thing that brought me down. In two thousand seven, um, I might have interpreted the whole thing wrong, but the, the, when you um undergone that treatment, uh, when you went into the cryotherapy, cryotherapy, mm. yeah. Do you think that was the cause of it, or do you think? It was going to happen. You were going to, you know, those feelings were going to erupt at some stage. And or do you think if if you didn't have that um, chamber incident, <coughs> what what happened after that? Um, do you think you would have ended up playing longer? No, I think your read of it is good, Jamie. I think that's, uh, yeah, I think that something else would have something else would have happened. 
uh, that was just that was the straw like you know that was the butterfly effect that was the now in fairness it was a big one like going into a room with minus 120 degrees is is extreme by any stretch um, but plenty more go into it and come out and walk out of it just fine and I had gone into it myself before and walked out of it just fine so at this that stage yeah I just had built it up to such an intensity that it there was something something had to give and my body had to my body was looking for some excuse to pull the reins and say this we can't we can't we can't keep going this way like this is not this is not even enjoyable it's not even enjoyable anymore you know um so yeah i think that i think i mean who knows who knows of course if i hadn't gone in i could have played on and Maybe I'd be retiring into the sunset after winning the Leinster Championship last year with Davy Fitzgerald. I don't know. I always thought I'd play it till I was 35 or 6. Uh, I always wanted to. Um, but that, 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 wasn't, that just wasn't to be. Um, yeah, that wasn't to be. And in 2010, what was we say, the, night, the light bulb moment, 2010, 2011, when you um, decided to take a year out? What? What was the moment you said, look, I need to get out of here? It happened in the dressing room after we bet Carlo or after Carlo bet us in the league. Um I think we maybe we scored one twelve or something that day and I'd maybe gotten ten points or one ten or something, I don't know. And I just felt this is there's too much going in and there's not there's 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 not very much uh coming back. Uh but maybe I, yeah, but maybe, maybe I just knew that I was deceiving myself, deceiving myself on too many levels and that something was going to, yeah, I just had to, I had to break out. I had to get away from that before the, the, the house came crumbling down. Like, I, I, I mean, it's, it's so hard to, it's hard to know. I mean, the moment was definitely in the, in after the Carlo game, I just felt that that was, that was it. I was gone. Um, but I was also, I was, yeah, part of me was traveling, but part of me was I was I was going out with a girl who lived in America, and I, I just wanted to get away for a time, you know. Uh, so I don't know. I was kind of being guided by the wind at that stage, and that was what that was kind of just what I decided to do. Uh, I'm not sure it was the best decision that I've ever made in the in 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 the world, but yeah, it's it, that's that's what I decided. Just out of curiosity, as well, you 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 did a, a video for the. Um, World Sports or organization, you know, for injured players. Um, mm. I found that very, very interesting. So, how, like, how did you did you go up and ask random people to video you in at different locations, or, or they must have been looking at what is this Irish guy? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I was going to I was going to come in all at at five and six, like, and and we were we were skillful at five and six, and there'd be just people lined up looking at us uh, playing on the beach, you know, four young fellas tearing lumps out of each other and full of, full of tricks and skills and um, Americans. And they'd come over and they'd be asking and, geez, we'd be telling them, like, you know, we were kind of evangelists for the game uh, outside of the game, you know. So getting getting to go uh, to cities and towns and countrysides and places all around the world and explain for a moment what this thing is and what it was for and everything else was sure i mean yeah it was great <laughs> it was great it was weird like it was definitely a weird thing to do in in in, in some places but uh i mean i in in tibet at the at the palace in tibet 
um, myself and Sergio, like there was fellas lined up. It was maybe eight o'clock and we were leaving the following morning. Uh, it was eight o'clock at night. It was dark. I wanted the effect of the palace, Batala Palace at nighttime. And, but when we were there, it was like Chinese guards walking with, with guns on their arms and everything was like really, really regimented and quiet. Uh, so I was like, look at we've got one, we've got one shot here, uh, Sergio, and uh, who was doing the camera for it, and he threw the ball up, and I came in and got, caught it and belted it on, and then ran after it and just kept running uh, because I just, yeah, they were like that was a, they were militant, like they were that was a serious place. And they'd be asking serious questions too. You'd see them harassing and haranguing people during the day, like tourists and and, and Buddhists alike. So I didn't uh, didn't hang around there. So those kind of, but that, that's what makes Regina Mac. Those kind of things make a trip because it's a it's a story about something, you know. Um, but it was nice the engagement with people definitely, um, and I was glad to finish it off and to have something at the end of it that I thought at the time would be of maybe of not of more value, but just such a unique thing, you know, I thought it, but I don't feel anything really happened with it in the end, but that's just, yeah, that's just the way these things go. It was quite, quite basic. Somebody else did one actually in the mean, in the time that it took me to produce it and get it out. Uh, someone else did one and they were like sitting down and standing up and doing different things, uh, interacting with the video in a different way. And I actually thought theirs was way better than mine. So I didn't think I had so much then after that, you know. Uh, I came across something, uh, an article, and, and you know, you you kind of mentioned in it that you really only recovered sixty percent from the cryotherapy incident. Looking back now, and look, this might mm. be quite difficult to to answer, but as a top athlete at the time, how frustrating was it to know that you know you could your body could still do that extra forty percent? I suppose I feel like you'd have to know you'd have to think about a time like to be able to describe it anybody who's listening like you'd have to think about a time when you were struggling with something that you didn't know what it was uh, and when you're struggling with something that you don't know whether it's physically mentally or whatever it is uh, when you don't know what it is it could be anything and so that means everything that you're doing could have within it a, a snippet of an answer about what's wrong uh, and that is an awful experience it's just a terrible way to be to be it's a terrible way to be because you're just constantly looking for something um and that's what it was like it was just uh yeah i mean to mark people who you know when you looked at them like you know you just say just you know like you're stronger better more intelligent whatever it is and they, they might be i could have been wrong on those things but i just felt those things at the time uh but i after after the at the end of the game they'd be after getting the better of me or i'd be you know things that happen in the game where i wouldn't my body wouldn't respond or whatever and all of a sudden i i could see a trajectory for myself uh and and, and that that had that had turned and was beginning to go down um in some respects, it had turned and was beginning to go down. In other respects, it hadn't, I suppose. But 
to not be getting the best out of yourself when you're fully committed to something, um, but to be searching for something that's wrong is, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's even tough to think about it, to be honest. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a really shit time. Like, it's a really, I don't know how else to describe it as, it's really, it's a shit feeling. Like, it uh, doesn't leave you be. And, and that went on for about three years. So that was kind of, yeah, that pushes your body to a certain extent, definitely. Over the last couple of um, months, actually, I, I had the opportunity to speak to a couple of guys who were forced to retire at a young age. One guy, dear McNulty, was forced to retire due to concussion, numerous concussions. Um, and Barry Murphy, Phil Munster, who's a um, band member mm. in Armstrong up. And I, I threw them all the question, how difficult was it to step away at such a young age? Do you know, always say in the prime of, of your career um, and that's what I'd, I'd like to ask you. How do you come to terms with it? Or I wouldn't say come to terms with it, but how do you kind of accept it? Uh, yeah, I was in denial. So I was about 35, I'd say. Uh, I always thought that... I remember going for a run. I went to Australia to an ashram, a place where you practice meditation and yoga for the whole day uh, about five years ago and I felt I needed about two months of that to just to just calm that tension that was in my in my body um and I was there a month and I started feeling a bit stronger and I was taking supplements I don't know maybe I was spending I'd say two or three hundred euro a month on supplements and really living clean uh, at the time now there was a fellow who had a little house in the forest over and I used to go over to his house and have coffee and a bacon sandwich every now and then but that was the extent of it um and and when I was there, uh, I remember going for a run one evening up this like outback Aussie dust dust road, you know, uh, and I felt good and I felt strong. And for the first time, I was like, yeah, great, like this is great. I'm I was thirty, maybe three or four at the time. And so what did I do? I only started pushing it, like started going up the road harder, and 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 all of a sudden I met my I met the point that I knew very well which was exhaustion very very quickly and the frustration and the anger and and the disappointment but it, it just pointed clearly to the movements of my mind that thought I could still go back and play you know that I could still go back and play at that stage and I felt I could still go back and play at that stage because that was the great thing as well I mean when you do something that often uh, I they, they call it the 10,000 hour rule or whatever but I don't know if there is a rule on that you could spend 10,000 hours doing something that you're not that's not native to you uh, or not the thing for you and I don't think you'd be um, a master of it but I had developed a degree of mastery in the game uh, and and I knew because after winters of you know two months away from the game or a month away from the game or two weeks away from the game even you'd go to puck around and I'd feel that weird movement you'd be like jesus that's it's off just a little bit off and after about five minutes it comes back in and then it doesn't go again for the rest of the year but that five minutes and that's five minutes has never come back since i was about 28 i'd say like i ever if i, if I leave I, i'm convinced if i leave the hurl down for a year now and just pick it back up which i've almost done at times uh i just not pick the hurl up for for a long period of time um but when i pick it back up my body is the muscles know I don't try and do anything anymore. The muscles know. Uh, 
<clears throat> so I always felt that I could come back because I had reached that level. But uh, I, I mean, I went back playing junior this year in uh, in Pierce's Town, and I and I learned about yeah, just fitness and strength and all of those things that you don't have. But also the the gratitude and the joy of just playing, and the amount of free energy, like uh, way away from gyms and way away from what you think you need to be in terms of fitness to the amount of energy that's available to you when you're actually joyful playing is the most underrated thing in sport, I would say. Uh, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like it's endless, you know? Um, so that was lovely to feel that again, but I, I remember at that time it was definitely, yeah, it, 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 you have an idea about your, your legacy uh, and you train in relation to that, I think. Um, and I was preparing my body to still be alive and well at 34 and 35, to still be able to play, to be still fit enough and strong enough. Um, and for that to be cut short, I suppose when you feel you did it to yourself, you can't really have too many complaints. Like, you know, it's you'd be gutted, like there's a party be gutted. There wasn't many what ifs, didn't feel that, but just you'd be just gutted for yourself or for something. I don't know what you'd be gutted for, but you'd be gutted. Um but yeah, it it just was another step. It was just another step in the end. So I don't yeah, I don't remember now so much. Did you ever think about um going down the avenue of management or managing i know you, you still could like you know, you're still, yeah, still i love to jamie i love to man <laughs> jesus like I, I was i was talking to a club down in kerry last year uh went out had a few meetings with them met, met their, their captain and this progressive fell in the club who, who who sought me out and because I've I've got all of these ideas about about the game, like, and I don't want them to stay as ideas. I want I want them. I mean, there's definitely I I feel like there's more benefit in a way, and I could be completely arrogant in thinking this, but the likes of with on the ball, I get this experience. Like, I could work with a thousand people a year, or I could work with twenty. And where so where's the impact greater, and where's the need greatest? Uh, so it could be that um, but I, I do feel to work with a team most definitely uh, and, I, and I went to this club and uh, I was sitting with the captain who I knew I knew what he was I knew where he was at I knew where his 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 troubles with the club were at and that stuff I could feel where all that was and the stuff that I was telling him about what I believed about how to what the medicine for that was he was just like he was drinking a cup of coffee at the time but he was just kind of staring at me he was like yeah we just just get this fella and let's do all of the things he's saying because that's everything that's wrong and that's all of the solutions that nobody's ever said to me before so just let's sort that out and your man was of the same opinion um and that was fine and i had a couple more meetings with them and i explained myself again but i i came to then to a a, a chairman character in the club who had to go and represent my ideas to a, a, a committee and I knew at that point that it was a waste of time like because he didn't understand really what I was talking about uh, in fairness he just he was a different 
he had a different set of experiences in the GA. He had a very, very different set of experiences, and his experiences are valuable and necessary, but they're, they're not mine, like, and they're not in relation to training a team. And one of the things that I was arguing was that teams and players need to be self-motivated and self-disciplined, and I don't need to be there four nights a week. I've, I've done that period of, of my life. I'm not giving four nights a week anymore to a club, <clears throat> a club scene or a county scene that says, you know, okay, we're playing this Saturday. Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're oh no, that game is off now, and we'll have it in two weeks' time. And okay, now the hurling's back on with the county, so we'll we'll do it in three months' time. Whatever. I I don't I don't want to be at at the mercy of that uh, at this period of my life. I might again at some stage, but I certainly don't now. Um, but I felt that the self mo I feel that the self motivation, uh, and the team motivation, players, uh self-autonomy and autonomy of a combined unit of young men is essential to success and so I said to him look at maybe some nights I'd be there I'd be there maybe some weeks I'd be there three but maybe some nights I'd only some weeks I'd only be there one you know I can't I can't give you the blanket I'm going to be there all the time uh, but I will give you I will prepare a group of men who are ready for whatever I Whatever, whatever that imbalance you feel is, they will be prepared for it. And at the end of the day, it's just about developing these young men to be who they can be on the field. <clears throat> and I and I sold that idea to them, and that was grand. And then it went to the chairman, and I went to the committee, and they said, on the basis of me not guaranteeing them uh, my life for seven months, uh, I, they, they weren't giving me the job, and that was fine. Um, I put it down to I put it down to to be honest the lack of progressiveness in 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 in, in their minds. Um, that again that that might be overwhelmingly arrogant. Uh, but I I do feel that I do feel as a, as a player like that's that's as as a as a young. If you're treated like young men, like you know, if, if there is that autonomy there, and that self responsibility there, and a deeper meaning to why you're doing the things that you're doing, somebody being missing a night, anybody being missing a night, uh, and worrying about where they are or why they're not there, I like that becomes so like so ridiculously not a problem um, that it wouldn't matter. Now it's still in the hypothetical and it's still in the possibility because. I haven't tried it out, so um, it's definitely something I'm curious about. Yeah. Do you think that the the GA has been become very professional, um, especially whatever about the county scene, but in the club scene? Do you think a lot of the club scenes are gone quite too extreme, and the joy and what the GA is about <coughs> is kind of somewhat has somewhat diminished? it's a tough one um it's a tough one to answer because for the most part there are young men who are very very grateful to a very very professional setup and they're happy to give four or five nights uh or seven nights of their week to it so what's right what's right for them or what's wrong for them is is yeah i can't i obviously i've no real say on that one i do feel on the other hand in i, I mean looking looking at my own experiences and looking at the players around me i notice now looking back a distinct lack of joy uh a distinct lack of joy in playing like a, a genuine happiness to have the ball 
that's not part of oh, I have to do this with it or I have to oh this is who I am now and if I don't do this and you know there's this tension that's there like uh, I think there seems to be I think I think our young men in, in the GA are holding and, and maybe young women for ladies football in Camogie I'm not so sure about that they seem to be still at a freer at a freer point oh, they seem to be seeking what the hurlers and footballers have but I, I'd be kind of saying to them hang on there now <laughs> you're fine we should be seeking what ye have, not the other way around, like, you know, because we've gone too far. Um, I think that, yeah, there's a, the, the, the sincere happiness to have the ball is, is gone. And I think one of the reasons for that is that, uh, like, the fear, like, the fear of the uncertainty, there's no space for that uncertainty anymore, you know, it's this, this desire to have control of, of every outcome, and that's not, uh, that's not limited to the GA, obviously, that's in all areas of life now, like, we're trying to, we're like, this is the COVID, like, you know, we're trying to control nature and pretend like we can, we can, we can grasp a hold of this little, this little bug, like, and then everything, life will be fine again, like, should, nature doesn't work that way, it'll just change and become something else in a few years' time, like, because that's how it works, you know, so, we this desire for control that breeds a fearful approach to the game uh, has its benefits in terms of tactics and stuff like that. The improvement and advancement of tactics is an enjoyable part of the game for some people, but I think it has come at a cost to uh, to, 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 to joyfulness. Uh, the kind of joyfulness you'd say I always feel. I mean, there's there's probably plenty of other examples, but I don't feel any any other example than Tommy Welch because he just he exudes it. Um, and I think to have that, that's I think. If I were to train a team, like that's that's what you'd be trying to train a team into. Train them back into that. Like train them back into the five and six year old that fell in love with the game. Train them back into that type of energy because that energy is far more beneficial, far more positive, far more uh, far more useful in a game of hurling than 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 that energy. That energy to me, that energy it's useful in a way. If you don't have the other one, maybe it's very, very useful. But if we could go back into, if we could go back into joy, I think people will be very surprised about how, how much is how much is waiting there to be tapped. You know, and 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 it's happening. You know, it's it's interesting, Jamie. Like like people now, teams are now going away from like the time of the sports psychologist, like for. Their days are numbered, man. Like that's not the, the the scientific methodology behind how the brain works. Like that's limited now. You know, Munster, Ireland, Dublin last year, Clare, Dublin, uh, other other countries, other sports. They want connection now. That's what they're trying to build. They're the coaches of the coaches of the future that are coming in. Aren't sports psychologists? They're people who can hold workshop spaces and create moments of real connection between men or between women or between units, between clubs, between teams, people who can create real connection. That is, that is, that's the next, you know, there's always these little revolutions that take place. Like, you know, in the mid nineties, the gym became a big thing and you had to be doing that. And the Kilkenny's and the Cork said, oh, sure, just putting, lifting weights, won't put the ball over the bar. And then they finally realized, got their shit together and <clears throat> dominated for the next 15 years because they started doing a bit of the, the heavy lifting, you know? So like, these there's these revolutions in in fitness and preparation and the sports psychology came in in the thousands and you saw with the boxers and it it became quite an important thing. Neil Fitzpatrick would have worked with Wexford in '96 and they put down a lot to her. So it it definitely has a value, and it 
it had a great value, but I think what we're seeing now is definitely a movement away from it, and it's moving moving towards facilitated facilitated group work where the things that aren't being said for fear of offending or for fear of <clears throat> opening yourself up for feeling of leaving yourself a little bit vulnerable in front of people where those moments are actually allowed and lads are allowed to be shit and they're allowed to be overweight or they're allowed to be wrong or they're allowed to be brilliant and they're allowed to be all of those things not for any reason that anybody thinks that they should or they shouldn't but because they are because that's who they are and let them be who they are and stop trying to turn them into fucking machines that they're not let them be who they are and and invite all of that out and in these which i try and do it on the ball you know i try and create these these spaces where teams can just connect and it's not in a and it's certainly not in like a well we all love each other like it's like no no this is this is what's wrong like this is what's right this is why you're not doing what you're what you want to be doing and this is why we still love you anyway and this is how you can do it and this is how i can help you do it and that, that there's a space for that type of communication that's real and that's honest and it's hard uh but that also has a greater awareness of what everybody is looking for in it um, that type of thing, I think, is where that's where that's where it's going. That's where it's going. I mean, that's I I I, I friends who do this work, and they're all they're all being employed, like they're all being sought after to to do it. You know. And just something that came to mind before I forget it. Um, did you ever think about talking off for a club in in Kerry when you moved on? Yeah, I'd say I'll play with Parnells next year. Uh, I've been I've told him I'd go for the last couple of years but my younger brother still plays junior up in Wexford and uh, I just love playing with him uh, and I know I'm not going to go every week or whatever but if I'm up there I got three games in this year and they were immensely enjoyable and it's also I find it very very hard to leave my club like there is still a there's I left one club when I was young and I never really felt great about that so to leave my own club but I know that all they'd all wish me well and say like go down and play or a couple of years if you come back up here come back to us and you'll always be welcome and that's what you always find there like geez, anytime I go back be a little bit like I, I had the, um, the launch for uh, the Lake Regale program just at the start of the lockdown um, just I'd say a couple of nights before and uh, I was like Jesus I don't know is anybody going to come or would they be like who's your man coming back up here now and having these Laker Gael in the centre like you just forget like you just forget the beauty of them like you know it's like the warmest warmest the, the minute that that hour long film ended or documentary whatever it is the, the, the second that that ended the the reception like it was applause or it was like hoots and hollers and it was it was it was what it sounded like in one way but jesus the generosity of it like the generosity of it it just totally opened me up like just totally broke my heart like it was beautiful it was fucking beautiful i was so grateful for it you know um so yeah that's hard to leave that hard to leave that but i know that i'll be i know that i'll wish well and Hopefully, I'll get a few, a few runs out with uh, with with Parnells next year. And are they are you just to the Parnells in Chile or Parnells? Yeah, in, oh, Chile, Chile, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, yeah, I said that the Locker Gale was um, 
did that did that kind of give you a bit of closure over the last couple of years over what you're doing i suppose over the last couple of years the fact you retired you're forced to retire when you're young then you're questioning yourself and doubting yourself but did the local girl and the reception you you got from it was it kind of a closure in your life something that you can look back on and you're happy about yeah i mean it's definitely that because anytime like geez i wish every player i wish i wish every player whoever played uh got a, a chance to look back at their highlights reels it's such a like and i don't and i don't mean that in a kind of um like you're not looking you're not looking back thinking <clears throat> jesus wasn't a great like you're looking back thinking oh my god like i'm so i'm so i can't believe i could do it or I'm so grateful to have done it. Like you just feel this, you just feel very blessed, you know. Um, the Laker Gael selection was like I know when Laker Gael started out, it focused on the greats, uh, and then it moved into kind of interesting stories as well. So I'm under no illusions about why I was selected for for it in 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 some respects. But it is when you dedicate so much of your time to trying to be the best, and then it gets cut short, and you have this big unanswered this big hole shaped like a question mark inside of you about what you contributed. Um, yeah, to have that reflected back to you uh, and for people to say, you know, we're proud of you. Um, or you did, you, yeah, you did, you did it. Like, you know, you did it. Stop giving yourself a fucking hard time about it. You did it. Well done and, and move on, you know. So yeah, there is definitely there is there is definitely it was a huge honor it was an it was an honor, but way beyond the honor was the night in the club, uh and the reaction maybe afterwards, just the the sincerity of the of the of the gratitude and of the uh, openness afterwards was really yeah, it was lovely. Perfect. We'll uh we'll wrap it up in, in a few minutes though. I've three more questions just to, to throw at you. Um um, just in your opinion, because I, I, I'm interested in how you would um, put this, that do you think that a lot of intercounty hurlers or footballers, even professional players, um, do you think there's a massive fear for them to step away from the sport, even if their body is shutting down, because they're afraid of what their identity will be then? Because their identity, you know, their identity is a is an intercounty player or a professional rugby player, or whatever the case may be. Is it that fear of having no identity? Is that is that a real thing? Oh yeah, I mean definitely. Uh, I don't think that I, I think it's case by case. Like there's play, there's fellas who I saw and who I continue to see now who you can see that they're they're in no way dependent on it uh, in terms of their identity and. Um, much like Barry Murphy, I mean, he just moved on, you know, moved on to something greater, moved on to something else, moved on and, and did and and excelled in something else because he's a talented, beautiful creature. Like he's always going to do that. So he didn't have that hang up and hold on. No, I mean, maybe if Barry had continued longer, you know, who knows where 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 that might have gone? I suppose he had to. But for the most part, it, it, it's case by case. For the professional sports, their set as their in some ways it seems like they're protected more from the fall because they have all of these other interests like generally they have more financial interests and stuff because they're paid well in a short time and then they get to make investments and if you know they've got coffee shops and they're still on the face of things or whatever it is you know 
um, inter-county players, uh, I, that's as it's been kind of beamed more into the the, the world of, of online uh, and social media and snippets and questions about behaviours and all of that stuff that creates a kind of a, a a rapid moving monologue in your own head about 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 who you are. Uh, yeah, the more you invest yourself in that question uh, and trying to answer it, the bigger the fall is going to be at the end. Um, if you're not asking the question at all, sometimes I think those people move on kind of oblivious in some way and are protected by never having asked the question and I've an, an intense admiration for it in some way, uh, even though it's not my path. Um, they just keep, kind of keep milling on like and that's and then never seem to suffer it um but there's um there's definitely an, an awful lot of former players i would say we're a little bit more attuned to it don't know how we well we protect ourselves still but there's a huge amount of former players and i knew one i knew one one jesus like a warrior like a warrior reborn cucullin reborn like an absolute warrior reduced to not being able to physically walk like you know not able to move one foot in front of the other purely purely from the damage that his own his mind had turned on itself and it attacked his body and he couldn't move like he couldn't he couldn't <clears throat> there was nothing wrong like there was no disease there was no there was no problem he just in some ways met himself and the shock of that sent him reeling for a long period of time, you know. So I don't think that's certainly not isolated. There's not too many great players that I, you know, that you know. There's there's some like and and that that's a high statistic in some respects because I do I know the story with others I suppose as well and I think it's much more prevalent than we might allow for. Um, but that's look at that's maybe just the other side of it too. You're you're hugely it's it's a huge opportunity that you get and a huge blessing that you get to to do it too. So I don't know maybe I've talked about that too much in the past and I don't feel yeah maybe people don't identify or want to hear about that. I'm not sure you know. I certainly don't like the idea of our heroes by putting people up and then when they fall like did we contribute to their fall by putting them up like you know did we look at them did we see them did we ask them could could we see them or did we see our unfulfilled hero did we see our unfulfilled ambition and did we did we plant that on them and now they're having to carry that around with them and of course if they carry that around for a thousand people or ten thousand people of course they're going to break down at some stage because you can't carry all that for anybody else. Your own unrealized dreams or your unrealized dreams fucking hold on to them to yourself, you know. I don't know about that. I'm just, yeah, that's that's what I think about it. And uh, a question, another question I got sent in. What aspects of orthodox living and thinking, if any, uh, do you place value in? I mean, I've got... <laughs> People who have like people who get up in the morning and go to work, like people who people who contribute, like people who fill GA clubs, sports clubs, people who balance their lives, like have have a degree of balance, like it's not what I want in a way because I don't I don't want to be at the behest of a mortgage lender or the banking system and everything that goes with it. I don't want 
to have like car loans and stuff. I don't want to have those things. I know it allows me, it would allow me to live in a much more simple way, actually. Uh, it would allow me to live in an, a bit of an easier way. But that people, that other people do it, like, geez, sometimes I just look at people who have, like, who have their own company, like, you know, and who employ 20 people, like, give 20 people work. Sometimes I just look at them and think, oh, fair play to you. Like, Jesus, I just don't know how you do it. Fair play to you. Uh, really simple things, like, you know, really, really simple things. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really angry with the great many people, too, because I feel like just cut their lawns like fucking stop cutting your lawn stop having a perfect lawn will you like fuck it stop doing that like you know let it grow let it be a little bit wild let it be a little bit rough it doesn't have to be perfect your life doesn't have to be perfect you know feel those things as well like pure purely judgmental of people which is which is awful um just because i think it's the biodiversity is essential in, in what we're trying to do with restoring balance to the ecosystem you know um but that, but I do, yeah. There are there are things in uh, just going to going on a holiday and lying on a beach, like fuck. I don't know, like yeah, it's really weird how how much I think how 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 much I kind of miss those things in a way, uh, because I, I kind of wouldn't allow myself to them anymore because I feel like <clears throat> I want to be doing something else. I want to be going somewhere that I can learn something and connect with people and and deepen my, my connection to something you know um yeah and then just entrepreneurs like people who start people who start people who just have an idea and do it anybody who has an idea and does it or who says they have an idea and follows through with it fuck it you're like a hero to me like i just think because i've got a million ideas i've written down you know and all over the place and so few of them ever see the light of day but some people are just great at that you know they balance having three and four kids they run a business they you know have time to socialize and be out and yeah yeah those things are like they, they they have an admiration for those things but there is the other side of it there is the shadow side of it that says what are you doing like what are you doing putting 300 grand on your head like what are you doing that for like what are you doing that for you know do you need to do it yeah yeah and just to, to wrap it up um What's your opinion or predictions for the this year's hurling championship? I know it's quite different than normal, and you're playing, playing in different weather and all that, um, and things would obviously change overnight with COVID cases. But as things play at the moment, or as things stand at the moment, what's your who will be lifting sand in December? Lee <laughs> McCarthy, apologies. Ah, uh, Lee McCarthy, yes, Sam. I mean, Jesus, I, <laughs> Dublin will be lifting Sam, I suppose. Um, I, I'm just I'm looking at the games now, and I'm really only interested to see if I, if I can see a difference in the body language of players where there's a sense of gratitude to be out on the field again. Um, who do I think will win? I, I just don't think it really matters. Like I, just, I think something like that really matters. You know, over the last ten years, when I've been talking about these things. People say, "Oh, that's you know." that's all idealistic stuff and we can't go backwards. It's only going forward. It's only fitter. It's only stronger. It's only more, more, more. And then this comes along and it's like, oh, you can go backwards. You can stop dead still. Like you can stop dead still and 
the movement of nature will continue and you still won't be playing and you still won't be training and you still won't be getting together. And that can happen. And there can be a game, there can be an all-in final, as you said last year, it can be an all-in final and there'll be nobody at it. There'll be nobody at it. So like those things can happen and now we've taken a big step back and now I think the players surely are feeling like Jeez, I'm just delighted to get to play. I'm delighted that nobody has COVID on my team because we get to play, like we get to play. And I and I'm just I just want to see games where fellas are delighted to play. They're actually grateful to play not immersed in tactics and fucking what they have to do and who they have to beat and everything else. They're just delighted to get out on the field again because I think that I want to see if that brings them more freedom. So I, that's what I'm looking at, I suppose, more than a like maybe Galway are 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 looking good, uh, and maybe Tipperary are looking good, but they're all maybe a little bit behind Limerick, who are looking excellent. But I don't really care about that. Like I don't care who wins it. I just want to see, I want to see a game that's like that's coming. And and the hurling has been great. Like the hurling has given a huge amount. There is a great freedom in hurling just because of the mechanics of the game. There is a great freedom of hurling, but there has been a kind of a a, a defensive ideology. And I don't mean a defensive setup. I mean a defensive ideology, like a fear we have to protect the cornerback because you know he's not as good as that corner forward, or whatever. And I miss the old kind of Willie Willie O'Connor and that that cornerback who's in like and who's just he, he you don't worry about me like I'll win my own ball you know I'll win it like uh, so I want to see I'd like I'd like to just want to see a championship that has more of that bit on bit bit more underprepared not as not as not as clean not as clean looking you know not as Mightn't be as valuable a product for Sky, like, but by geez, RT will be happy. We'll be happy to see it on RT, like, and we'd be happy to we'd be happy with the roughness of it because sometimes the roughness is okay, and maybe we're chasing a bit of cleanness in the game that is ruining some of the some of the edges that we that we have as Irish people. You know, I think there's, I think you know, Paddy likes the bit of grey in between. You know, we're not black and white. We're not snazzy. We're not. We don't need to all have perfectly clean suits and stuff like that. Like we can be a bit rough and still be beautiful. You know, uh, so I'd like to see those things return in the game because I think it's what's native to us Perfect, look on that note I will wrap it up because I'm after taking um, a lot of your time uh, dear look I really appreciate it and thank you very much for coming on Inside View Podcast and best luck with everything going forward and hopefully we'll be doing workshops again soon, sooner rather than later Yeah, hopefully Jamie for sure bring that day on I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Dermot. Um, a very, very interesting guy. Uh, very knowledgeable. Very easy to listen to. Um, and he's extremely good at what he does, especially, you know, uh, at the the team building culture workshops that he does for us. Um, they're really, really beneficial for teams, and they they definitely get a lot from it. Um, so look, that's all from us on this week's podcast. Please do get in contact with the show if you have any questions or if you want to contribute any 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 way possible. Please do. Um, don't forget to rate review, tell your friends, family, whoever may know about the podcast, and in order to be kept up to date about what we're doing um at on the ball team building and if you want to you know see what's going on with that competition and if you look even if you want to buy some merchandise we have beautiful cups now on sale we have caps coming on stream soon and we have face masks 
uh, go and follow us on our social media channels. So over on Instagram, it's at on, on the ball team building. Over on Facebook, it is on the ball team building. On Twitter, is at we are on the ball two. That is digit two. You'll find us on LinkedIn as well. Uh, if you search on the ball team building, it's a group there. Uh, just follow it, and you'll be able to, to see what's going on as well. And we're on TikTok as well. If you search on the ball team building, you'll, you'll find us. I hope you all had a lovely week and be sure to tune in next week when we have another exciting guest. Till then, please stay safe and remember, cred and a fan. Talk to you all soon and again, thank you all for listening.